Sup guys, this is Joe Blair, host of the Sports Gamble Ramble. I want to take a few seconds here to tell you guys about the Anchor app by Spotify. It is the app that I use to record and promote all of these episodes that you guys have been listening to. It's super easy to use. It's free to download. It uh, gives you the ability to edit and launch your podcast right from your phone or computer. Um, ton of upside to this, super user friendly, uh, and also gives you the ability to monetize your podcast and record nifty little ad reads like this so you know if you're ever interested in starting your own podcast or know anyone that is uh download the anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started and thank you for listening All right, guys, I am back. This is SGR number 62. We are breaking down some of the exotic props for Super Bowl 56. Um, You guys should have an idea of what I'm talking about. I teased it a little bit at the end of our game props episode, but if you didn't make it all the way through that monster, um, I'll let you guys know. I'm talking about some of the props that do not actually have to deal with on the field, you know, football, stats, um, like we talked about in the last episode. This is going to be more about things that are going to be happening throughout the broadcast. Things that are going to be happening pre-game, post-game, during halftime, you know, some of the fun stuff. We've even got a few commercial props in here. So um, this is part of what I was talking about in the last episode of what makes the Super Bowl so special. It really does kind of make this feel like a gambler's holiday because not only can you bet on the last NFL game of the year, the last football game that we're going to have for the next eight months roughly, but you can also bet on crazy shit like what's going to be the first song performed at halftime, what's Eminem going to be wearing during halftime. Who are we going to see in commercials, like I said? So without rambling too much, let's get into this. I know I just gave you guys like a 50-minute episode. This one we're going to try and keep around 15, maybe 20 minutes tops, okay? I'm going to give you guys 11 roughly props here. I think I have 11 written down. We'll see if I throw a bonus in there or two like I did last time. But let's just get straight into it. I'm going to try and go, like I said, kind of chronological order like I did in uh, the game props episode. So a lot of these are going to be um, things that are going to happen early, and then we'll get later into the game as we go through the episode. First prop I want to give out, you know, everybody likes to bet the coin toss, right? It's just one of those things, even though you have no statistical advantage, people just love paying minus 104 juice on a 50-50 coin toss. I don't know what it is. I mean, if you want to bet the coin toss, in my opinion, I'd just fucking, you know, lean to your buddy next to you on the couch and say, hey, I've got tails. You want to take heads? Let's throw fucking five bucks on it, whatever you want to do. But why are you paying juice on a coin toss? Doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Some books are paying, you know, minus 110 on a coin toss. They're just absolutely cashing pure profit off of that. It's ridiculous. But I don't like taking the heads or tails. I'm going to take the coin toss at a little bit of a different angle, one that maybe does give us a little bit of a statistical edge. Uh, if you can have one on a coin toss. So I'm going to take the Rams to win the opening coin toss. Again, minus 104 on a coin toss. I'm not super excited about that. Like I said, bet it with your buddy next to you. But the Rams have won the opening coin toss in 12 out of fit, out of 17 regular season games. They're 12 and 5 in opening coin tosses this regular season. Just on that, I don't know. Give me the Rams. The way that I'm projecting this, and a lot of you – who listened to my last episode, some of my early props were, you know, Bengals field goal, first score, uh, you know, um, 
what else? Uh, first offensive play, run. Uh, first drive, field goal. First quarter, under. A lot of these um, I kind of put together with the assumption that the Rams would win the opening coin toss and defer to get the ball in the second half. If the Rams lose the coin toss, maybe I, I just all that shit is fucked. But that's the assumption. So they're kind of correlated here. Rams win the coin toss at minus 104. Uh, next, this is another very popular one. Everybody, as I turn on my lamp here, it's starting to get dark. Um, everybody loves betting the national anthem. The way to do that, of course, is to bet how long the anthem will last. This year, the line is set at over under 95 and a half seconds. For those of you who are not the strongest in math, that is exactly a minute and a half over under with another half second. So over under a minute and a half and a half second. Minus 135 is the over. That's what I'm leaning with this. The over usually catches in the Super Bowl. Um, Country singers specifically are great at drawing these national anthems out over, you know, two, two and a half minutes. This is only a minute 30 here. It's one of the lower ones I've seen recently. I'll still take the over. I hope they're not trying to trick me. The the person singing the national anthem, I personally have never heard of. I also don't listen to a whole lot of country music. It's some female artist named Mickey Guyton, I guess. Um, sorry if she's like, you know, top of the charts and I just have no clue who she is. But that's who they got this year. Um, there's some stuff floating around the internet. Apparently she sang the national anthem for some like memorial concert recently within the last year and was clocked in at like 76 seconds which is really fucking fast for a national anthem and really far under this minute and a half mark but i guess that was also a, an anthem that was pre-recorded she was not performing that live in a stadium filled with a hundred thousand people in the most uh publicly viewed nationally televised sporting event in the world you know, it, well, it's just a different situation here. I'll take over. I just think these these people, they like the camera on them. They like the attention. She's going to have some fucking over-the-top, dramatic, sparkly fucking outfit. She's going to have her hair done and her makeup done. She's going to want at least two minutes of screen time here. So give me over 95 and a half seconds on the national anthem. This next one is really fun. A couple of these guys, these are some crazy bets that I don't know if a lot of you guys are going to be able to find them. I couldn't find some of these either, but they're available. They're out there on the internet and they're fun to talk about. And, you know, even if you can't put money on it, maybe you just watch the game and you pay attention to what happens with this stuff. This bet, I've never seen this one listed before. The number of planes involved in the national anthem pregame flyover. They always have the, the military airplanes doing the flyover during the national anthem uh, over, the, over the stadium. You can bet on how many planes there will be in the flyover. Uh, Over-under is four and a half. I'm on the over. Over four and a half. Minus 160 are the odds. This one is a little bit of cheating. If you guys can find this anywhere to bet, if you will find any bookie or any fucking slack-jaw Joe Schmo that will take this bet, go ahead and take it and rob him of all his money. Uh, this has already been uh, publicly announced. Uh, the U.S. military services has put out a press release about how many planes, what planes specifically are going to be involved, what pilots are driving them, who will be in attendance, how are they logistically. They've announced their entire fucking plan for this flyover publicly in a press release. 
They're going to have five planes. They're going to have five. I'll tell you right now. So take the over four and a half. It's already been set. Just do some Googling. You can find this shit. It's not hard. Um, so over four and a half planes, minus 160. Lock of the Super Bowl. Lock it up. It's crazy. <laughs> I can't believe anybody's betting, offering this bet. Like I said, I haven't been able to find it on any of my books, but it's out there. It, somebody's offering this. So I don't know. Do some fucking treasure hunting. This next one I like a lot as well. The number of times that Chris Collinsworth will say the phrase home field advantage during the Super Bowl broadcast. I couldn't believe where this line was set. The over under is one and a half. And the over is plus 145. You're getting almost one and a half to one odds. You're getting a plus 145 dog on Collinsworth just saying home field advantage two times throughout a three and a half hour broadcast. This is the second year in a row that an NFL team has been playing in their own home stadium for the Super Bowl. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers won the fucking Super Bowl in their home stadium last year at Raymond James Stadium. You don't think that that game last year is going to be referenced at least once, and then the fact that the Rams are playing in their own stadium is going to be referenced at least once? Are you fucking kidding me? This is a lock. This is an absolute lock. Plus 145. Two times he's got to say, oh, you wonder, you know, will there be any home field advantage here tonight, Al? You know, he's just going to make those cheesy comments like, you always the, the predicting the stuff that the broadcast is going to say is some of the easiest fucking shit for this Super Bowl. So we know what Collinsworth is going to be talking about here. Side note, thank God it's Collinsworth and not fucking Romo. I had to listen to Tony Romo call the Super Bowl last year, and I wanted to shut it off at halftime. Let's move on. I love these props so much. This These are fun episodes for me. Uh, next one, first coach mentioned – in the broadcast, Sean McVay or Zach Taylor, I'll take McVay. It's minus 120. It's almost even odds. And I just think they introduce McVay first, and then it's an easy transition to say, you know, and the guy that coached under Sean McVay, you know, now with his own – I think it's because Taylor coached under McVay, I think it's pretty clear that they're going to bring up McVay first and then reference how Zach Taylor coached under him. That just to me – is a pretty reasonable, logical conclusion. So not a whole lot of time on that one. McVay, first coach mentioned. Also, you you can bet that a couple different ways. First coach mentioned, first coach shown on camera. McVay on all of those, in my opinion. This next one is really fun. Let's get into a couple commercial props. Okay, you can bet over under number of dog commercials. Number of commercials that will have a dog in it. Isn't that fun? Because don't we see, we see all these, you know, these corporate mega, you know, food brands, beer brands, you know, they all want to tug at your heartstrings. They all want to show you the cute puppies on the commercials. We've seen a lot of dogs in, in specifically beer commercials, Bud Light, Budweiser, you know, any of the, the um, Anheuser-Busch, you know, the, all the commercials with the Clydesdales, they always have at least one dog in it. Uh, that being said, I'm going to go under this year. The line is six and a half, six and a half commercials with dogs in them. I'm going to take the under. I don't have the odds in front of me. I couldn't find the odds specifically for this one, but I did see it posted somewhere. I just don't have the odds right now. I like under six and a half. To me, this year specifically, um, the companies that are spending advertising dollars on this Super Bowl are not, to me, the type of companies that would 
be doing those kind of emotional appeal puppy ads. Um, like I said, it's usually, you know, food brands, drink brands, you know, Pepsi, Doritos, Frito-Lay, Bud Light. Um, this year, you know, you can, you can look into, again, this is another one that's kind of public knowledge. This information has been released. The companies uh, that have the most dollars invested in the marketing campaigns for the Super Bowl, a lot of them are more kind of tech-based companies, financial advisors, um, crypto is good. There's going to be a lot of crypto ads, which I'll talk about in my next prop, actually. Um, a lot of the, you know, sports books, there's going to be, there are going to be so many sports gambling advertisements, Caesars, DraftKings, FanDuel, MGM, a anybody with a sports book is going to be peppering the broadcast with advertisements as sports gambling is now legal in so many States. Um, I just don't think they're the kind of companies that are going to put dogs in their ads based on, you know, what industries we're seeing a lot of this, you know, real estate, like I said, you know, Rakuten, Rocket Mortgage, fucking, um, like I said, a lot of crypto, H&R Block, like there's a lot of financial kind of, I just don't think they'll have puppies in their ads. So under six and a half for commercials with dogs in them. Like I said, I just teased another commercial prop involving crypto. And so this is an interesting one. This is what, maybe the most outrageous prop that I have on here. Which celebrity will be shown first in a commercial? And it's only five celebrities listed. It's like a multiple choice thing. It's not just free for all. There's five celebrities listed for who will be shown first in an advertisement. The choices are Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lopez, Kim Kardashian, Ben Affleck, and Matt Damon. My pick for this is Matt Damon, plus 225. I can give you guys all the odds, too. Oh, no, I closed that window out. Fuck me. That's okay. Uh, Leo's the favorite at plus 200. Matt Damon's second favorite, plus 225. I'm going to take Damon. My main reason for this, uh, Damon is like the main um, endorse, endorser, celebrity spokesperson for Crypto.com. And I just said, you know, crypto.com spent a lot of advertising dollars. They're going to be one of the main sponsors for this. They just signed the deal to become the official sponsor of the Staples Center. Um, no longer the Staples Center, now crypto.com arena, uh, home of the Lakers out in Los Angeles. So they're a big name. I think they're going to have an ad relatively early in the broadcast and Matt Damon should be included. That's my angle there. I think that's a fun one to look for. You know, a lot of people that aren't really the biggest football fans, are more interested in the commercials, which I think is fucking disgusting personally, but it gives you something to pay attention to during the commercial breaks as well. What else do we have? We've got four more here, guys. We're getting to the end. This one real, this will take two seconds. The MVP to thank who will, who will the MVP thank first in their MVP acceptance speech? This is one that I usually do pretty well at gauging. You can kind of get a feel for, uh, who's, you know, what kind of guys these are as far as the front runners for MVP candidates going back to, again, you know, my success, my most successful Super Bowl venture, uh, was, uh, uh, clearly by far and away Super Bowl 52, because I hammered the fucking board with Eagles props. Um, I had Nick Foles to win Super Bowl MVP at three to one. And I also had Nick Foles to thank God first in his acceptance speech at three to one, because 
Nick, if the Eagles win, Foles gets MVP. And if Foles gets MVP, he's going to thank God. He's a religious man. We know this. So you have to look into the personality of these guys that you think are going to be holding the trophy. To me, in this game, it's pretty clear. There are very few outcomes where the quarterback is not the MVP for these teams. Matthew Stafford, if he finally wins a Super Bowl, all he needs is fucking 220 yards and two touchdowns. They'll give him the trophy. It doesn't matter what else happens. Maybe a defensive player can sneak in, but it's a long shot. Joe Burrow is obviously getting all the hype in the world right now. If the Bengals win this game, I don't see how they give it to anyone but him. Um, So... That being said, if you want to project either Stafford or Burrow, depending on who wins the game, to be the MVP, to me, both these guys seem like the kind of guys that they're not overly, overly religious. They're, they're, you know, Stafford has a family, but I doubt he's going to thank, you know, his wife or his family first. That's not usually what these guys do. They don't usually thank their head coach first. It's not usually really an individual thing. It's really more of a, you know, hey, I'm glad we got here. So I'm going to take Super Bowl MVP to thank his teammates first. It's the favorite. It's minus 125. Everything else is at positive money. I don't really need to say much more. I think the the reflection of those odds show that the sports books know what they're doing. It lined up with my ideology here. I think Burrow and Stafford are both the kind of guys that will thank their teammates first. I think they're both very much for the boys I think they're they're quarterbacks that really um, are also friends with their teammates, if that makes sense. So I think they'll spread the love and take the team angle there. Uh, This one, another fun one that you got to get down on every single year. What color will be the Gatorade bath at the end of the game? Always one of my favorites to bet. Have done relatively well with this in the past as well. Not to keep bringing up the Eagles Super Bowl, but I did know that the Eagles would win that game, and I did know that the Eagles that entire season were using lime green Gatorade on the sidelines. So if you know which team is going to win and you know which team the Gatorade, uh, which Gatorade the team uses, you can kind of put it together a little bit. You just got to do some digging here, maybe watch some past film. You know, maybe watch some week six film with the Rams and the Lions and see what color Gatorade Aaron Donald was drinking on the sideline. You know, look into that stuff. But the odds here, um, I guess I'll give you guys two picks. The favorite is orange at plus 190. Uh, I think tied for second, third odds is blue. You can get it at either plus 300. I've even seen it at plus 400 on some books. If I was going to bet this, I would you could take both of those, and if uh, you know one ninety or four hundred hit, you, you cash out either one. You know, similar to some of the other arbitrages I've given out um, over these episodes. Uh, Orange has hit five out of the last twelve Super Bowls. Uh, Blue has hit three out of the last twelve and two out of the last three. Um, you could try to do some, you know, matching up. Like I said, Eagles green uniforms, green Gatorade. Will the Rams use blue Gatorade? Maybe. Will the Bengals use orange Gatorade? Maybe. Will it be totally random? Could it be purple that hasn't hit in 11 years? Could it be red that hasn't hit in 15 years? Maybe. But I think your odds here at taking either orange or blue are the safe bets. So again, orange plus 190, blue plus 300. I'm going to end these episodes talking about the halftime because I love betting the Super Bowl halftime. It is, again, I know I've said this is, you know, about multiple bets here, but this is one of my favorite things about betting the Super Bowl. It's the halftime. I love this. I I always get really excited trying to figure out the flow of the halftime show. Who are they going to lead with? Who are they going to end with? I, I think 
it is somewhat predictable. Last year, the weekend was at the halftime. I bet him to play The Hills as his first song at, I think, 10 or 11 to 1. He played about 30 seconds of Starboy and then played The Hills. I felt so cheated, so used by the bookies. Because uh, I almost hit that as a 10 to 1 halftime first song bet. Um, but again, he played it second. We were close, but no cigar. This year, I'm going to be taking some serious long shots with my halftime bets. Let's break down the situation. Halftime performers this year, there's five big names attached. We've got Eminem, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Mary J. Blige, and Kendrick Lamar. I have heard so many people talking about how they're going to start the Super Bowl halftime show with California love. Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Tupac, right? Tupac's not here. But the thought is they're in California. They're in Los Angeles. You know, the song is about L.A., City of Compton, City of Angels, you know. I don't see that as the opener. I see that as the closer. I think that's the banger that they go out with. I just, I, that song is such a massive banger. I don't see, I think that they open with the more current recent artists and then end with the old school West coast stuff. This is not a public opinion. This is a very hot take, to be honest, if you guys have looked into what other people are saying about the halftime. Um, the odds this week have even taken a massive shift at some sports books. We have seen a massive change in the number for the first song uh, that will be performed at halftime. The next episode by Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg earlier in the week was listed as a plus 350, fav- uh, plus 350 uh, for first song performed. It is now minus 300. That is a massive line move. On an exotic halftime prop. Who the fuck is betting this? Somebody's got to know something. Um, So that's concerning, okay? Anytime a song is minus 300 for something like that, it seems like there's some insider information. Could I see them coming out and starting the next episode? It is a great intro. It's a dramatic lead-in. It's another banger. Da-da-da-da-da. It's the motherfucking D-O-double-G. It would be electric, but I, like I said, I think... They move from more current people and end with the West Coast hip-hop. I think they shut the show down with Dre and Snoop. Um, I think that they will do next episode. I think they will do nothing but a G thing. And I think they'll do California Love. But I think they come in the second half of the show. My approach to this is to – I'm predicting that they're going to start the show with Kendrick Lamar. That's what I think. I think that this goes Kendrick – Mary J, Eminem at the, the Eminem's going to get a big chunk in the middle because he's kind of the main draw. But I think for nostalgia purposes, and again, that California love, LA West Coast, I think they want to end this with California love. And I don't see how you start the show with Dre and Snoop and then put these other three guys in the middle and then end it again with Dre and Snoop. That just doesn't seem like the flow to me. So I think it's Kendrick, Mary J, Eminem, Snoop and Dre to finish. So that being said, this is not reflected in the odds at all. Last I've seen after the shift with next episode going to minus 300, the current odds 
for first song, we've got California Love plus 300, Still Dre 700, Lose Yourself 1000, Nothing But a G Thing 1200, All the Stars 1400, Drop It Like It's Hot 1450, Humble 1500, Family Affair 1600. I am going to take the long shot of all long shots here. I think that the first song performed at halftime of the Super Bowl is Humble by Kendrick Lamar at 15 to fucking one. Now, could this be next episode? Could it just be the obvious of the obvious? Maybe. But I'm not going to fucking lay minus 300 on a song to be played first at the halftime show. I'm going to take a long shot. This one is fun. Humble is a banger. It gets it going. It's high energy. There's not much buildup. It's just kind of, hey, we're going to smack you in the face with this beat, and Kendrick is going to swag out on you and get the energy going early. I think that's what they need to do here to start that performance out with some high energy shit. Like I said, it doesn't make sense to have these Hall of Fame artists like Eminem, Dre, and Snoop, and then end with Kendrick. No offense to Kendrick, he's great, but he is the lowest man on the totem pole here in terms of the Mount Rushmore of hip-hop that is this halftime show. So I think they got to start it with Kendrick. You know, could they start it out with Family Affair, Mary J. Blige? Possibly, but I... Personally, like I've said three times, I think it's Kendrick, Mary J, then Eminem, then the old school guys. So if I can get humble at 15 to 1, fucking give it to me. Now, before the odds shift, before the next episode went from plus 350 to minus 300, um, the odds for first performer were Dre plus 150. Mary J plus 200, Snoop plus 375, Kendrick plus 750, Eminem plus 700. So Kendrick has the lowest odds to be the first performer. Uh, that's not great. But like, I just think my thinking and my approach to this halftime com are completely not reflected in the odds listings. The, everything that I think as far as the flow of this halftime, it is completely ass backwards from the odds. But I'm not going to overthink it. I'm going to trust my gut here. I, I I like this to start out with some more recent modern hip-hop. Then we'll take it back. Mary J. Blige can kick her family affair thing for a little bit. We'll get swaggy. She's only going to do one song. She's not going to – she might sing some choruses and some other shit. But they're only giving Mary one song. Probably only give Kendrick one song too. And then Eminem will do fucking three or four. Snoop and Dre will do three, and it'll be the show. So give me Humble at 15 to fucking one. And Kendrick for first performer, like I said, it was plus 750. That was before the odds shift. Kendrick's probably 10 to one right now for first performer. And I feel pretty good about it after talking that through with you guys. So I'm not sure if you guys are really going to be taking out any loans or mortgages to go bet on, you know, what the first rap song will be at the halftime of the Super Bowl. But it's one of the ones that I have the most fun with every year. And I really enjoy digging into, you know, these artists, their set lists. What does the song intro sound like? What's going to get the crowd into it? And, you know, all the kind of psychology behind putting together a 15 minute concert. So Kendrick. With the long shot, let's hit it. Let's hit it. It'll be fun. I'll go fucking crazy if he comes out and just bangs humble right off the bat. But that's all my Super Bowl props, guys. This one went a little bit longer, but I got, I'm getting excited. You know, I think it's better to have a long episode where I'm into it than to have a short one where I just don't give a fuck. So let's get after it. Super Bowl's coming on Sunday. I hope you guys get a chance to get through all of this this weekend. If you have to, go ahead and listen to me on one and a half speed, although I have been talking pretty fast today. 
Um, you know, get at me with your guys' picks. If you find any fun props, I am on the Instagram and the Twitter at SGRPod. Thank you guys for listening once again. Uh, this has been the Sports Gamble Ramble. This was episode 62. Now let's play some bets. Let's fucking watch the Super Bowl. We're here. We're done talking about it. Let's fucking see how it plays out. Good luck. And ramble on, motherfuckers. See ya.